the sea being a place of opportunity unbounded by country is appealing. Countries who may have been allies up in Europe are now on ships in the Caribbean, and it's a free-for-all. The shifting alliances led to an explosion of piracy because everybody was out for themselves. You don't know where someone is from. You can fly a flag from a different country and pretend you're someone you're not. It's a multinational masquerade ball. For women, this was appealing because they were able to more completely divest themselves of the repressive roles that they had been cast in in their own societies. They were able to make themselves anew. Did women succeed in getting rid of those roles society had set for them? Some women clearly did. You've got Chiang Ai Sao, who commanded a fleet larger than many of the legitimate fleets of her day. We have women who commanded male pirates and were astoundingly successful. This is where I bemoan the lack of primary sources— we don't know how women felt when they were on the sea with the wind in their hair. We don't really know what their day-to-day -day life was like if they found the peace and the freedom they were seeking. But there's something to the fact that we know women continued to do this over millennia. That siren song of the sea does continue to draw them to it and away from their home and their lives on the shore. Somehow women keep going to sea. It's not a piece of cake to be a pirate, to be a sailor. But time after time after time, women weighed the pros and cons and did so. Did women have to give up their femininity to be pirates? Many of them dressed like women. They were not in disguise, so clearly they were able to maintain some semblance of outward femininity while aboard these ships. Grace O'Malley, an Irish pirate of the 16th century, gave birth to her youngest son on a pirate ship. I love this idea of you've got a sword in one hand and you have a baby on your hip. Some of the pirates, we are told, were very pretty, but we can only guess at how much they would have used their feminine wiles. A pretty face would not get you particularly far on a ship. I'm sure they had to keep up with the men because there's not enough room on a ship for ornaments, but we only know about the ones who were caught. So there may have been scores of women who lived and died as men that we just don't even know about. You call Chang Ai the most successful woman pirate of all time. Can you talk about her code of conduct and the way she surrendered and how these things only amplified her success? Lots of different pirates had codes of conduct that were observed on their ships. Chiang Ai is unique in her harshness of the penalties for the offenses and also the strict prescription of sexual activity, both consensual and non-consensual, on and off board of the ship. Raping female captives was punishable by death, and even if captives had consensual sex, they would still be killed. There are some conflicting accounts of who actually wrote this code, whether or not it was her husband, Chang Pao, but the code has been associated with her. It's interesting when you think about women lawmakers, how men and women sometimes prioritize different things when they're making the rules. Her surrender is, to my knowledge, one of the only of its kind. She was the only one I can think of who was able to secure pensions for her crew. She was so terrifying that she basically forced the Chinese government to pay her to stop pirating. She had to have been brilliant to do what she did. She married into a decent pirate operation, but then expanded it beyond her late husband's wildest dreams. I think her calculation with the surrender was the government is expecting somebody coming to them with a phalanx of burly bodyguards armed to the teeth, and she comes in with a bunch of ladies. That would have at the very least been very surprising and shifted the balance to power and forced everyone to reconsider. She was incredibly successful in her negotiations, so it was a smart gambit. You talk about pirates from the ancient Mediterranean all the way to modern times. Is there anything that unites all these women from different cultures and time periods? They all had ships that were very different and methods that were very different, but I think they share the desire to control their own fates. And the desire for freedom from convention would unite all these women. Their hopes to escape the normal and be a part of something adventurous would tie all these women together. That's part of what calls so many people to a love of piracy today. We share that desire for adventure, 
Not the desire for slitting throats and plundering the high seas, but one can empathize with the desire to have a say in how their lives go. What do you want readers to come away from these stories with? If someone comes away from this inspired to follow a path that they hadn't felt bold enough to pursue before, I hope these women can be role models. Not in stealing, but going after your heart's desire with everything you've got. Do you have a favorite from all the women you wrote about? I say different pirates all the time because I love them all so much. I love Lidgerda, the Viking pirate who said it was better to rule without her husband and murdered him after rescuing him. His fleet was in distress after he left her for another woman. She sailed in to save the day, but had a knife in her skirt and stabs him and says, Okay, I'm in charge now. I just think she's cheeky.